0: Hi everybody, I really do appreciate just the opportunity to share the Word of God with you today. And uh, Marcus and Adele, an amazing Cornerstone Eldership. We really do appreciate who you are, our friendship, our partnership. And also to you as a local church and what you're involved in. We're thankful to God for you. I really wish I could be with you. I'm longing to be with you. She's supposed to have been ministering with you a few times by now. Uh, but these are crazy days we're living in. We miss you guys. I really do miss being with you missed all the meetings that you host for us around the the nation Uh, but these are the days we're in right now and we realize that this is the reality for now. So thank you for the opportunity and I'm super excited just to share some things with you. What I want to share this morning and while away is not new for any of you, I certainly hope it's not. I'm sure you would have heard me share many of these things before as I'm sure some of your elders are doing too but I really want to just encourage you, cheer you on and maybe just blow some Uh, some wind into your sails as you continue pioneering and taking ground in a season like this. I want to suggest that the season is not a shutdown where we hold back. I do feel, I sense, even in our time and season right now, that God's saying to you and to us that we need to occupy and possess. It needs to take ground in a season like this. And I know it's very difficult in a lockdown and a shutdown to do that. And I know you're trying to find fresh ways in going about gathering and that, but the, the mission of God hasn't stopped. We know that and I'm going to talk a little about that. So if you've got a Bible, go with me, please, to the book of Hebrews. And I want to take us just through a couple of key texts here, key verses that have really been helpful for me in this time. First, it was the go-to scripture for me uh, when this pandemic really hit. And I just can't get away from it. I feel like it's, it's needed and necessary in all seasons, but certainly in a season like this that we're facing. I'm not saying in any way it's easy. But I do think we're understanding what God's doing in a time. So Hebrews chapter 13, while you're turning there, crazy days we're living in. Absolutely. Uh chaos. Uh, people are unsure about so many things. And, and I've heard many guys say, ah, you know, we're all in the same boat. Well, actually we're not. The whole world is in the same storm, but we're not. In the same boat and why i want to dif- differentiate those two is because if we're all in the same boat it means we all do exactly what everyone else is doing but the reality is in every country in every city in every region as well as every local church and individuals in those churches all have to find in their boat in their lives in what they're doing god's way out or god's way through this and it's not a one-size-fits-all so it's the same storm we're in globally we here in the u.s are facing just what you are in the storm but we're, gonna, we're finding ways in our boat to handle it and come through this. So for you Cornerstoneians, for you as a local church, I want to say in the boat, find what God's doing, but the same storm and God's setting us up. And I do believe it's a setup. I hear a lot of people say, you know, Tyrant, what a setback. All our plans. And man, we've had some plans set back in this season. We're supposed to be with you twice. We're supposed to have our world equip and global equip and all these ministries and travel and all that's on pause and all that's stopped. Uh, so our plans have stopped, but I don't believe we've been set back. I do believe that we've been set up. And I don't believe God sent the coronavirus and if or COVID nineteen. If you do, that's fine. I don't believe he sent it, but I know he al- he allowed it, uh, and and the reason I know he allowed it is because it happened. And I want to say that in some of the bad stuff we're facing, there's a lot of good things. God's not setting us back as the church. I believe he's setting us up. And there's a different way to look at that. it means we're challenged and we're facing challenges. But we've got to understand what god's doing in this time in proverbs 19 21 it says many are the plans of a man's heart but it's the purposes of god that prevail and i want to say maybe the plans we've been involved in have been set back but it's the purpose of god that prevails so we want the purpose of god not our plans and that's why i believe god has set us up is setting us up and we need to come to to what he's doing and get back to those revelations so we can function in the season and from the season in moral of what God has for us. I believe in the season, God is reclaiming his church. And what I mean by that is, I don't believe it's the self-indulgent immorality of our culture that is hindering the progress of the gospel globally. I almost wanna say it's the self-sufficient mentality of the church that is hindering the progress of God's work. And what I mean by that, it's almost like, we wouldn't say this, but it's like, we know what we're doing, we know what we're called to do, and we're just getting on with it. And we almost are saying, Lord, we've got this. Don't worry. We know what to do. It's like we got this without you, God. We, we can do this without you. And I feel like God in this moment in time has just reclaimed his whole church globally by saying, actually... You haven't got this. You can't do this without me. You need me. John 15, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I believe God's allowed this just to get us to, to come back and for him to reclaim, apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's not get busy with stuff without God. Let's come back to this thing and realize, as Jesus said, without him, we can do nothing. There's no fruitfulness in what we do if it's done apart from him. Come back to that. I think he's done that. Certainly done that in our ranks and in my life and in the churches that we're involved in. I also believe there's a reset and I know that people don't like to talk about a reset but I believe there is a reset in the church today. You know when we are busy and when we're running with momentum we're just all doing what everyone else is doing and most of us all of us knew there were things in our hearts or in our lives or in the ministries that needed to adjust but we couldn't because we're just running with momentum and then one day boom it all stopped and we now get to reset. But the interesting thing about a reset is you don't get rid of everything. In a reset you get rid of the things that are not necessary for what you're involved in or for where we're going. And I think God is doing and has been resetting his church for the things that he has. So don't get rid of everything. But I think we've been so focused on doing church that we've stopped being the church. And I think God's just brought us back to some of that. I believe there's a refocusing right now. And, uh, Too many churches or too much of the church is getting its agenda from the world. And it's like God saying, no, I'm bringing you back to getting your agenda from my word. The word of God should be setting the tone for what we get involved in. But too many of us allowing the world and even politics. And I know that it's a big deal here in my country, but so is it in yours. I'm watching, I'm seeing how political we are. Can I say we are over politicized in the church and under gospelized and we need to come back to the word of God and get our agenda from God's word and address those things, but through the lenses of God, not God through the lenses of those things. And so God's refocusing his church, getting us back. You know, politics is a terrible God. Just know that. But Jesus is an awesome king and we want to focus on him, not the political things, although they're important. Don't be governed by those things. I also believe God's realigning and repositioning our hearts and with His heart and uh, coming back to what He wants, positioned the way He wants us to be positioned. We've often said that the church is the solution to the world. And I want to say it's actually not. And the reason I can say that is because look around and a lot of the stuff we're involved in, a lot of the issues around the world is sometimes because of the church. Why is that? Well, I've got to tell you biblically that Jesus is the solution. The church is not. So if the church would come back and reposition our hearts and align our hearts with Christ, then we can be the solution because the church isn't the solution. Jesus is. And right now, it would seem, or in history, the church was misrepresenting Christ. You know, all of us say, oh, Jesus is the head of the church. And yes, he is. And the Bible is very clear on that. We all would say that. Um, and we all know a body without a head is a corpse. But I also want to suggest Jesus is the head of the church, but he's also the heart of the church and that's where we've got to come back to realigning our heart with his heart uh, you know today people say oh what would Jesus do that's what we should do well that's a dangerous thing to say, because what would he do is interpreted by our hearts of what we think. Actually, we should come back to what did Jesus do, not what would he do, and realign our hearts with his heart. You know, the Bible is very clear. We're called to live our lives in him, with him, under him, for him, like him. It's all revolved around him. So I want to say Jesus is the head of the church. He's the heart of the church. He's also the hope of the church and the hope of the world, but he's the hope of the church. So when Jesus is head and heart of hope and hope of the church. We, the church, are his hands and his feet. And the last time I looked, my hands and my feet, you know what? They do what my head and my heart tells them to do. So if we learn that again, then I think the church can come back to being the solution. But Jesus is the solution. And I believe God's repositioning right now us with his heart, his agenda, his desires, his purposes, and his plan. I also believe in the season I've set up. He's releasing us from things. All of us running with a lot of things that are not necessary or maybe not from God. And I feel like this season God's releasing us from some things and He's releasing us into greater things. And so there's much more to it than that. But I do believe this has been a setup with all the challenges that we face, with the setbacks we're facing. God is setting His church and has set His church up. i want to say cornerstone he's setting you up and has set you up if you'll adjust to what he's saying and do what he's called you to do and stay in the mission and the mandate god has for you but in all of this and for us to continue to function in what he has we've got to keep embracing change and in a season like this there are so many things changing how do we go back to church what does church look like what does work look like do we have work all the unknowns can we travel when can we travel it's all up in the air right now and there's so many unknowns and here's the reality we don't like change and the reason we don't like change is because we like to be in control we like to be in the know we like certainty It was Mark Twain who said, nobody likes change except for a wet baby. And I think that's true. And right now we're seeing it. And so we want to know, we need certainty. And I I want to suggest there are some things from scripture that matter, that don't change. And they're going to help you and I live and lead boldly in a season like this and take ground in a season like this. If we can understand what hasn't changed, what doesn't change. And it has ramifications by the way we live. It was A.W. who said that too many Christians profess that jesus is alive but they live like he's not and i think it's not a season just to profess it's a season to live out with conviction that jesus is alive that he is in full control so let's read together hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 5 this is what it says it says keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because god said Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. All right, so keep your lives free from things. Be content and know this, God will never leave us. It's so awesome. Verse six, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse seven, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So the is saying don't have don't love money be content with what you have god's with you he'll never forsake you we don't have to be afraid what commanded to us and then he moves to saying remember your leaders imitate their outcome their way of life their faith which is really awesome but interesting if you study the great movements of history uh, church history not the moves of god the movements those who've started ministries that have had radical impact across the nations in the world and in church history Those movements were started by founders who had real revelation of Jesus and their own relationship in a sense that forced them to walk out with conviction and start things that have had an impact on many people. But if you continue to study those, some of those movements, you'll find very quickly those movements died off. And the reason they died off is because most of the followers in those movements had a relationship with the founding generation or the founders but they didn't have their own revelation and relationship with Jesus, which caused those ministries that had huge impact to die off based on who they had connection with and when I read that it challenges me and I hope it challenges you that that while we to stay connected to leaders and follow and, and be like and so on we need our own revelation we need to be pointing people to Jesus and you and I should be going to Jesus for ourselves and getting our own revelation because it's great to be connected to people but we lose our capacity and our influence if we're not going to jesus ourselves and so that is what the the writer actually in Hebrews says here in verse eight then he moves to this conversation and this truth and this is the verse i want to highlight for us today he says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forevermore i love this truth i love this 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 verse because it's it showcases one of the the most important doctrines of our lives and, and as followers of jesus But it's often overlooked, and it's many times overlooked. But in a season like this, we should not overlook this doctrine. We need to bring it back to the revelation of the unchanging nature of Jesus, the immutability of Christ. This matters through all seasons. But in a season of constant change, we've got to keep coming back to this and say, Friends, this is how we can live and lead boldly in a season like this knowing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He doesn't change. He never can change. It's impossible for him to change. In simple terms, never has, can never, will never change. He is by his very nature unchangeable, meaning that he is as powerful as ever, He's as loving as ever, as merciful as ever, as full of grace as ever, and as holy, and can I say, as much in control right now as He's ever been, even if we're struggling to believe that. But we need to catch this revelation again. This is the essential doctrine of our faith. Why? Because change implies imperfection and jesus is absolutely perfect therefore he cannot ever change revelation chapter 1 verse 8 he says i am the alpha and the omega says the lord who is who was and is god almighty and so jesus is absolutely unchanging and friends change implies imperfection if jesus were to change in any way he would cease to be perfect which means it ceases to be God, which means we have no hope, we're wasting our time, we've got no future, we've got no guarantee, but Jesus doesn't change because He is perfect, and we're changing in the season to be like Him. He's always got everything around us. People are changing, things are changing, situations are changing, but Jesus Christ never changes. And what I want to do for the next few moments is just highlight some things Jesus doesn't change in regard to that will help us and you Cornerstone, I believe, live in the bigness of the season, even in shutdown, lockdown, and all the unknowns. And so Jesus will never change in number one in his regard to his position. He doesn't change in his position. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 One of my favorite texts in Scripture, Hebrews chapter one, verse one, says that in the past God spoke to His forefathers through many people, through many ways, through various circumstances and situations. But in these last days, it says He's spoken to us through His Son. Jesus is the final word of God. And then it goes on in verse three, and it says, after it says in Hebrews chapter one, verse three, the Son, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being can i just say he's not a wannabe god he's not a little god he's not a many god he's the exact representation of god's being Uh, sustaining all things by his powerful word it goes on and says in verse 3 after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven there's conclusiveness about this statement what does it mean for Jesus to have sat down after he did it all well number one in this his position that never changes is he is confirmed and has confirmed he is who he says he is confirmation Jesus is who he said he is after what he's done and where he's seated he confirmed that I love preaching and sharing and reading scripture where Jesus talks about the I Am's, the declaration he makes of himself and I love those But the thing I want to say again is, those are declarations of fact. They're statements of truth. Whether they're accepted or not doesn't change the fact he is who he says he is. And he confirmed that by his position where he's seated today. Another thing, it means that what does it mean to say he sat down? It also means that he's complete. His mission here on earth is complete and successful, which is so vital, friends. He finished his mission. It's over. It's done. And not only is it done, it's Successful, it can't be done again. His earthly mission's over, and because of his position and where he's seated, nothing more to be done from his side except he's interceding on behalf of you and I to succeed in the finished work of the cross and what he's done here on earth. He's conquered and overcome his enemies. That also happened. I love this picture as Jesus sits in heaven, the devil roams to and fro to try and mess up it, but he's doing it in absolute vain to try and mess up the plans and purpose of God. Jesus is so secure in his finished work that he's seated at this moment while the devil's trying to mess it all up. And so in saying that, again, I know it's a challenging time for all of us and many of you may be facing some Pretty radical things in the season. But I want to say it's abnormal for believers not to have victory or live in victory if we understand where Jesus is seated. And so we're going to come back to this thing of facing reality, facing tough seasons, facing, but we know where Jesus is and we know where he's seated. And my dear friends, his position has not changed in regard to any of these things, even in a season like this. And that's got to give you and I courage. That's got to give us faith he's also been crowned above all things the statement to say he's sat down after he's done it all means that he's crowned above all powers and he's in control as he sits at the father's right hand he exerts power over all creation now, i love this because it's not inactivity it's him ruling he's in he's fully ruling right now and i know it's hard to believe facing some of the things but we've got to believe this it doesn't change it hasn't changed even in a season like this Just to remind you, in the book of Revelation, it's very clear that Jesus is not coming back as the lamb to the slaughter. He Thank God for the lamb to the slaughter, because without that, we'd have no salvation. But when the Bible says in the book of Revelation, when Jesus comes back, and I think it's soon, and I hope you read it. You better be ready. But when he comes back, he's coming back as the triumphant king. He's coming back as the righteous judge, and he's coming back as the loving bridegroom so friends he does not change in his position and we need to catch that again because we are positioned with him we seated with him and that's going to give us boldness and courage in a season like this even in the unknowns Jesus hasn't changed in his position second he hasn't changed in his power and his authority he has not changed Matthew 28 which is our go-to text for all of us and we talk about the Great Commission and Jesus said all authority in Matthew 28 18 All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. So there's no authority he hasn't been given. And you know, he was given it and it's never been taken away from him, even in the season and situation right now. The word power comes from the Greek word exousia, which is where we get our word exude, which literally means he, Jesus, has the power of choice. He has physical and mental power. He has the power of influence and authority and the right of privilege he is the power of rule and government just let that sink in he has not lost that even in the season where we're struggling through it all just come back to the revelation friends his power and authority has not been taken from him. it hasn't been given to your government hasn't been given to other governments the devil's having he's some degree some of his way but God is absolutely in control and Jesus is fully ruling and he has all authority And all power has been given to him and never taken. Which means what? His creative power. Ephesians 3.20 is very quoted verse right now. But it's the same power that is working in and around us. Where Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. You see, that is why we can say with assurance that Jesus is able. Why? Because he has not lost that power, that creative power that he's been given. He still has his redemptive power. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And we can with confidence know that he'll never lose his saving power. He still has protective power. Jesus is still the good shepherd, according to John 10, verse 11, and he will care for the sheep until they arrive safely home, Hebrews 13, verse 5, and so just to challenge us again today, friends, he is unchanging in his power and authority, let that, that's where our authority is, that's where our power is, and he hasn't changed, even in the shutdown or the unknown, it doesn't change for him, thirdly, maybe I can just highlight a few things in this point, is that Jesus is never changing in regard to his purpose and to his plan, his purpose. And his plan and while our plans have been shaken and changed and they will probably continue to change the purposes of God I have not stopped. We've said this before and I know you've probably heard it many times. But God's not caught off guard with coronavirus or shutdown or lockdown. This didn't catch him by surprise. And can I be bold enough to say his plans and purposes are not on pause while we work ourselves out. He's carrying on and he wants you and I as individuals in the local churches to make sure we're on board with what he's doing. And getting on with the plans and the purposes. Isaiah 46 In verse 9 it says, I am God. This challenges me when I read this. I've been studying through the book of Isaiah again and really been challenged by the destiny and the bigness and the duty He has for us to partner with Him. And I want to just read one or two verses here. He says in Isaiah 46 verse verse 9, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. My purpose will stand will stand and i'll do all that i please from the east i summon a bird of prey from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose what i have said that i'll bring about what i've planned that will i do my purpose i'm god i bring people i use people i do this i what i have said i'm going to do what i have planned i'm going to get it done let that sink friends in our hearts even if you can't see it he is unchanging in his purpose and his plan Jeremiah twenty nine most script, quoted scripture in the Bible verse eleven. For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord, "plans to prosper and not to harm you. You know that verse well. Note, it's not I have. I'm going to bless your plans. It's I have plans for you that I've got for you, and I know them, and they are plans that I'm living out for you. So I just hope you see again, it's not our thing, and we hope God's in it. It's God's plans and purposes are carrying on. God's plans and purposes are not on pause either while we're working our way through the shutdown. We received a prophetic word from Dave Hager who's one of the guys on our team a prophetic guy and a guy I trust a guy I know really well and he was leading he leads a local church in Melbourne Australia I think you've met him anyway he said me this on uh, March the 26th when this thing first hit this shutdown and he said while many say chaos the Lord says convergence that we to keep our focus on him And what he's doing you see that on him and what he's doing even in that time and season he said while this is a sobering time the lord wants us to open our eyes to stay in faith and to connect with what he is doing we may be in a shutdown with coronavirus situation but god says do not be in a spiritual shutdown this is a time for the church to shine isaiah 60 and reach out with love and acts of kindness creative expression ramping up our prayer and spiritual warfare he went on and said this 2020 is a significant year for us of converging and convergence and breakout despite what we see around us right now with the coronavirus and all the upheaval God is moving in a time of shaking and a backdrop of chaos and all the uncertainty cities and nations and financial systems and economies and world leaders are, uh, uh, and people are being shaken. But Jesus is opening up opportunity for this to be our finest hour to occupy and possess a delightful inheritance and to be a blessing to all the nations. This is a time to rise and shine. You know, I, I think about Paul, the apostle, who really was in lockdown and shutdown. He was locked up, he was in prison, and he was in chains. Yet he began, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to begin to write some letters to the churches because he couldn't get to them and because he was using the moment he could. And God had a plan. He must have thought, what's going on? Why can't I get to the regions? Why can't I do these things? But God had a plan and he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote all these letters of which we get a lot of the New Testament written from his shutdown and lockdown. He couldn't have seen that. The devil must have thought he had his way in this. But God took something like that to use it for the glory of God and to serve the purposes of God. I believe we're going to look back at 2020 if we stick to the plan of God, if we keep moving in what he says, and look back and say, look at what God has done. Look at all the doors that he has opened. Yes, some doors have shut, but others have opened. We've got a history of that. We've got even testimony right now of the doors that shut, but for God to open doors. And we're going to look back and say, look at what God's done in all of this because he is faithful and he's not holding back so we've got to come back to that my friends and say while we don't understand it all let's be faithful in it let's heed to what he's saying let's stick to the plan he has for us and continue walking in and i think the dangers of this season right now i'm seeing and watching as churches and individuals are kind of losing their way is we are allowing the present what we're facing right now to determine our future And I want to suggest we've got to come back to what our future is and we determine how we find our way through the season like this. Don't let this future define your future. Let the future or this season define, let the future uh, define how you function and live and what you give yourself to in this season. Don't be pragmatic. I'm amazed how pragmatic we become. Rather than hearing God, we're just observing and reacting in flesh and frustration and I understand it. I've had moments of that too. But it's dangerous. If we're not about the purposes of God, we're going to lose our way, friends. So don't be pragmatic. Don't lead a look out of observation. Don't live on borrowed truth. Go to God for ourselves. And don't be pragmatic. Don't be passive. Don't wait to come out of the season because God's got us going into things and getting involved. So don't wait. Don't see wait the season out. Uh, don't be passive. Be front-footed in a season like this. And functioning in the purposes and plans of God don't be impatient which I know is hard to do and I'm incredibly impatient but there's a timetable of heaven and we need to be praying for this thing to go and to to subside and all the things I agree but actually understand there's a timetable of heaven let's get God's perspective of what he's doing and when you see what he's doing it makes a lot more sense don't be impatient don't pursue the wrong things you know I've often said that the devil seeks to destroy us but he's only got the power To distract us. So how do you think he destroys us? That's right. By distracting us. And I'm watching people get so distracted the longer this is taking. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. Simplify. Uh, Let's get rid of the things that need to be get rid of so we can keep on functioning and being the people that God has called us. We need also our own personal revelation. We need to beg God for our own revelation. Why is it that the church today is so happy to go to Moses instead of to go up the mountain themselves? to go to God. And we need to not just go to our leaders to hear God. Get up the mountain. You have the privilege and I have the privilege of going up the mountain. We're in the new covenant and we all have access to God. Go to God and beg Him for revelation. Let Him reveal more of Himself to us. That's what we need in this time and in this season. Fourthly, quickly, uh, two more, is that God is unchanging. Jesus is unchanging in His promises. And now what I mean by that is He's unchanging in His promises. What he has said, he is going to bring about. We've said that many promises in scripture. I understand that. But the two I want to highlight quickly for us is that I believe God is our provider. And I don't know how it looks for you. I'm sure you're struggling financially and with some of the income and all the resources you need right now as a local church, as individuals, maybe you've lost your job. I don't know. We've also taken a bit of a hit. But here's the thing. God is our provider. He doesn't want to be our safety net that we go to him. Uh, only as a backup he is our source and he promises to provide he won't give you what you want but he will give us what we need and we've got testimony even now of the provision of God so my challenge to you is friend go to God as your provider if you have no need God doesn't need to provide but in a season like this watch God provide listen for the testimony of heaven of what God's doing and he promises in a season like this to be our provider but also our protector. And this is a real thing. And this virus, I know, has taken out some of the people, even in your church. But I want to suggest we can't live in fear. We need to be wise. We need to do what our government tells us to try and protect one another to some degree. But at the end of the day, we've got to trust God as our protector. And I believe he, He is promising He will protect us. And we've experienced some of that ourselves. And I'm sure it has happened for you too. Also, He's unchanging in His personality. I love that. Jesus doesn't change in His personality. He's the same. I love that AW told us, in myself, nothing, in Christ, everything. Jesus doesn't have bad days. Just know that. He's not having a good day through Corona and bad day. He has only, he's unchanging. And when we have bad days, we go to him and he's the same Jesus. Hasn't changed. He's not moody. He doesn't have mood swings like us. That just gives me such confidence and joy in a season like this, that I can go to him and he's the same as he's always been. And I think that is so helpful. He still possesses all the attributes before this, during this, and out of this. Uh, his personality never changes. He is love, according to 1 John 4, 8. He is light. He's still light. John 8:12. He is life. John 14. I am the way, the truth, the life. He's still life, friends. He gives life. He's the giver of life. And He is life, even in a season like this. He is Lord. I love how people say, i make jesus lord of my life no 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 one makes jesus lord of anything he's already lord of everything what we're doing is we're acknowledging his lordship in our lives and we don't make him lord and he's always going to be lord he's still lord even in a time and season so i want to land with this jesus has not changed in his passion and i i maybe can just touch just speak to you the camera now and say to you guys his passion for you as individuals i, I I want to say I've felt, even this season, I have felt isolation. I've felt loneliness. At times I've felt unknowns and real anxiety and I'm just admitting it. But as I've gone to Jesus, not to just His word or another download or podcast, but to Him, I've experienced in this season the love of Jesus like I've never experienced it. I feel like God's just wanting to me to tell you that He loves you. And it's not like, oh, you're awesome. He loves you. you he loves you regardless of how you're acting and reacting to this COVID, your frustration. He loves you. It's not changed. He is love, and He loves us. And I've experienced this passion from Christ, this love for His bride. He loves His bride. He cares, friends. He's in it. He gets it. And uh, I think you need to go to Him more and more and experience some of the love. It's not just a feeling. It's it's the acceptance and the identity and and the stuff we're all looking for even in a season like this i want to just tell you jesus loves you he's coming back for his bride i didn't get sued, but he longs to be with us he longs to connect he longs to have us with him and he's watching over us i believe that and go to him and press in and experience some of that truth again for yourself regardless of your position in the church you're a son and a daughter of this great king and he has not changed but in saying that i also want to say not only is he passionate about his church he's passionate about the lost and the unreached it's not a season to be inward focused or gathering and just to get together so we can hang in and survive the storm It's about us reaching out to the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And I love the emphasis on the lost around the world right now. And the church is praying for the lost and reaching out for the lost. And that's awesome because Jesus did come to seek and save the lost. But I want to challenge us, the lost and the unreached. God is highlighting, I want to say cornerstone, He's highlighting the unreached for you too. It's on the heartbeat of God. All this talk about end times, is Jesus coming back? And I think He is. And I've always said under our watch, I believe He will. If I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. If I'm right, it matters a lot. But in saying that, if you look at Matthew 24, all these things that Jesus talked about would begin to happen and the birthing pains of the return of Christ in the end. But in verse 14 of Matthew 24, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come so forgive me i don't understand all that but what i do know is what brings the end is not the antichrist the mark of the beast and all the stuff we're studying today to try and work it out that's cool but jesus actually said what brings the end is this mission of taking this gospel to all nations all regions all ethnos and I have to confess that at times I used to think that means we should go to every nation. And we work in hundred and something nations of which I've lost count. I heard there's 197 nations in the whole world or countries. But can I say it's not just talking about nation. It's talking about ethnos, ethnic groups, people groups. And they say that right now uh, there's about 197 countries or nations, but there's over 11,000 people groups. So the statistics right now, 7.8 billion people on our planet in the on the planet right now that they know of of which they are saying of people groups there's only there's still 4.8 billion unreached people groups just just please let that sink into your heart that's gonna you must say what's that got to do with us everything those people are unreached. They're not lost. They've never had the privilege of actually saying no to the gospel because they've never heard the gospel. The lost people in our cities and regions are important, but most of them in our cities and regions have had some understanding, some truth, something about Jesus, even if it's been warped or they haven't accepted it, they've at least rejected it. These unreached groups, more than half our population, have never heard the gospel. And I don't know what that does to you, but I trust it grips your heart because it's gripped God's heart. And I believe he's saying, we got to get better in this moment in time of capitalizing on crisis and using these moments as they keep coming to get out. And I know you can't travel right now, nor can I, but we've got to have this heart to reach out and be a people who reach these unreached groups and, and new business people mobilizing businesses again and finding ways to get into regions beyond where the gospel can be preached so Jesus Christ can come back. And so I hope that's still you to trust and not shrink back but stay big cornerstone you've got such a history but what a future and it's not one day out of corona it's in this season keep on pressing pushing the uh, what god has taking the nations taking regions we appreciate you very much i want to say stay close to god in this season connect with him stay close to your leaders connect with your leaders don't become isolated or an island in the season even in all the isolation press in connect with each other take responsibility as followers of jesus to care for one another in a time and a season stay in the word of god friends uh aw Tozer said it's uh, satan's greatest enemy is the ignorant the greatest threat is the ignorance to man's uh, sorry is man's ignorance to the word of god if the less we know about god's word the more the devil can mess with us and so i just want to fill your mind with scripture and get back to the truth the purposes and plans of god Uh, keep in step with the Holy Spirit, stay saturated in His presence, let's go and walk in His presence, stay alert, where's God, where are we, this is a season to find where God is, I know God's everywhere, but what's God doing, let's get on board with what God's doing, stay away in this time from doubters, stay away from divisive people, and stay away from distraction, and so just a challenge, I know it's not new, but I hope it just encourages you as it's encouraged me, Stay the course, my friends. We appreciate you. We appreciate all you do for the King and the Kingdom. The love and friendship we have with one another. I'm delighted to have the privilege of just sharing God's Word. Please stay in the bigness of what God has. Don't let this shrink you. And may God bless you. Longing to be with you guys again. Conway. Thank you for all you're doing. And uh, just stay safe. Stay sane and stay focused on Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care.